Howdy, and welcome to the FPL Jingle. How are you, Stephen? All right, Owen. How's how's things this week? You having a good week? Yeah. You sound a little uh, little off, Steve. You have you got a a cold or something? Ah, uh, you know, like yeah, it's just it's it's just one of those things. Sometimes you feel like you're a bit more dubbed than you normally are, and it's like, uh maybe I'm a completely different person today. You sound a little bit like Davy Fitz if he was trying to put on a Dublin impersonation. But uh, uh, the, the keen-eared <laughs> listeners will, will have picked out Ty Flynn here. Uh, Steve has stepped Hello. out. We're Steveless. How are you today, Owen, sir? Are you well? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, I, I have my negative test to fly home. I have a beer in hand and I'm doing the pod. And I don't have to listen to any abuse from Mr. Meiselback. How are you, Ty? I'm pretty good, Owen. Thanks, thanks for checking in. You know, it's pretty good to do the pod as a as a guest host this week. You know, it's usually you've got some manner of Steve on here, but you know, this way you're getting a bit less Steven in here. Yeah, yeah, none of those guys stinking it up. Um, uh, <laughs> he actually, <laughs> he actually had uh, he has a a nice little letter that he sent in. Maybe I'll maybe I'll read that out in the in in, in the next part. But um, wow, yeah, that's... A uh, bit of a mad, uh, mad midweek in the Premier League, given the whole COVID situation. Um, what do you make of that, Tig? It really has been uh, an, a very strange. It's almost like we're back in kind of twenty twenty times of not really having any real predictability about things. It's been a, an interesting week for the fancy. And uh, here, here on FBL Jingle, you know, the the league itself had some very interesting matchups and consequences because of that. You know, there was different people in form and different things going down. It was fascinating. I, I, honestly, myself on Wednesday, I missed them games myself because I was at Spider-Man, which is an absolutely excellent film. And I endorse it fully to all the listeners of FPL Jingle. Go out there and see it. So I caught the highlights afterwards, but it's a, it was a mad, a mad week of football. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see now whether we get this circuit breaker or not. Um, so I'll, I'll 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 read us down through the uh, the results of the week, and we we can see how that the uh, the games that were postponed had an impact on it. Um, to start with, I lost to Paddy in a ridiculous fucking fixture that was no crack for anyone. Uh, Andy <laughs> Harrington lost to Porik Sheen. Yeah, uh, Connell. In the fixture of the weekend, lost to Ray Foley, 48-38. Connell failing to get the four times Ray's score that I was predicting. Uh, way off. I mean, you couldn't have been further away. He, for most of the game week, he was actually like quadruple the points down, as a matter of fact. It was it was pretty intense. Go go team auto-draft. On Ray. Uh, Connor lost to yourself, Tig. You can give us a bit of detail about that one. John. Got the highest score of the week, 62, beat home Dillon's 39. Mark Clasey could only muster 14 against Mitch, who scored 45. No longer a shy tough, team, I think. Tough. Steve Lyons. No. Yeah, Steve Lyons got a nice 56 to beat Mark Gary's 45. Mark will be disappointed. Uh, Steve, it's, you know what? It's a great week for Steve not to be on the pod because he lost to Carl. Twenty-eight fifty-seven. <laughs> so, uh, oh, he was so angry be... from like so early on. Hey, he's he's an angry FPL player. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, he'll be pleased now to be supping points with the tag rugby crowd rather than podding with me and getting abuse about Cosman. But he can listen back to it. And Thomas, uh, who had been on a bad run of form, beat Gary Fowley forty-eight thirty. So. Uh, yeah, a few 
few few juicy fixtures this weekend and a lot of the top boys getting knocked down a, a peg or two. Uh, would you bring us through your fixture first, Tyke? How, how your 43-38 went with Connor? Yeah, I mean, I'll actually focus back on Stephen first just to give him the bit of abuse. Then it's out of the way, Owen, right? That makes sense. No, it'll be all podcasts of the abuse. <laughs> I <laughs> uh, no. yeah he got it I, I did pretty well now it was a very tight game week all game week myself and uh, Connor Skeen it was 43-38 for me in the end but it it came down to the last couple of games honestly like I, I opened up the weekend pretty strong I had City boys uh, De Bruyne getting my two goals for 13 points was key but that was matched by Grealish and Mares doing great on a random pep roulette week one of the most random pep roulette weeks we've had in, in a while honestly with who was in and who scored um, but I managed to get my 43 points and I think this is a pretty I was pretty very happy out of only 7 players I was at uh, 43 I had a very I was affected by the uh, by the tipsy-turvy week with all of the postponements. Uh, it came down to the last two fixtures, Liverpool Chelsea, Liverpool versus Newcastle and Chelsea-Everton. And what I needed was both clean sheets for the big boys to be lost and for Mason Mount to get a goal to be sure of my week. Sure enough, I scripted it into existence. It was great. So, uh, last game, wonderful. You, ma- you, you manifested the, the anti-clean sheet. Yeah, I, I'm looking at your side here. Only the two, the two blanks in Leandro Trossard and uh, Connor Gallagher, who I had myself, which I was disappointed with. Um, yeah, Christensen didn't get a game. Raheem Sterling, obviously, what you lost out in one, two, three, three players also to uh, COVID injuries. Um, mm-hmm. Connor, mm-hmm. Connor al- almost had a full outfit here. Werner lost out to COVID. Um, but everyone else played for him. Eight from Grealish is a nice return. Riyad Mahrez getting a nine doesn't always get a game. Um, Martinelli's a nice pickup with the seven points. I'm actually having a good long look at Gabriel Martinelli myself. But, uh, yeah, congrats, yeah. Tiger. Please yeah, for that one. Late- I'm very pleased with it to be fair and I was I'll be bringing it back around I'm sure we'll talk about it later on when we're looking ahead to the future weeks Gabriel Martinelli is definitely going to be hot property on the waiver with the form that um, Arsenal are in at this moment in time but yeah delighted bit of, bit of form my team maybe is starting to dig it out midfield is carrying me through Gallagher last week doing great De Bruyne Mount Mount is honestly undroppable for Chelsea now I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it as we talk about the fixtures but yeah it's here's here comes the charge up the table let's get back to lower mid table here we go Yes, we'll see in the standings. Did that win eventually get you out of 13th, where you had been wallowing for some time? (laughs) Purgatory. And I honestly, come on to the podcast. I was, I talk about this over the last few weeks. I've had seven losses by single figures through the last 10 game weeks. And I'm just, I'm, I'm sick. I'm sick to my teeth. It's been a, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. Ah, plenty of excuses, Ty. Uh, you I'll run you down shit. through. <laughs> I'll run you down through myself and Paddy's matchup, which I Paddy scraped by me thirty four thirty. A frustrating game week for yourself, I would say. That was a. It was hard to watch from afar. Yeah, I don't know. From from the start, I felt like I was never winning. I don't know. So I, I had a double city defense. Uh, Paddy also had that. We both had single Liverpool defense. Uh, I had Gabriel in uh, the Arsenal centre-back for six points, which, you know, was the only difference there in the defenders, aside from Laporte having his shot blocked twice and then John Stones scoring the rebound that gave Paddy a 12-point swing, won him the week. Um, so a bit sickened with that. 
Gallagher, as I mentioned, got two points. Kai Havertz didn't play. John McGinn with three points was my midfield. So five from the mids. Um, oh, and Bernardo Silva only for one point. First time all season. He hasn't played 90 minutes. Got injured in the process. Fair play to him. <laughs> Mane gets a goal. Uh, <laughs> or, no, an, an assist for the first time in ages. Mane was in bad form. So maybe the one silver lining from the weekend. Um, yeah, I yeah. Manny is a tr- tricky one for owners at the moment. His form has been very spotty. He hasn't. What was it? Maybe ten games he went to have a goal. Was it for a while there? He really fell uh, out of it. He started brightly, but um, let me let me take a goosey gander here. His previous return was one, two, three, four, five games ago, and that was a goal and assist yeah. against Arsenal. But uh, yeah, he's been he's been disappointing for the last little while. Um, yeah, Paddy very, then actually very had, much so. Yeah, Paddy actually had no forwards. Lukaku started for him, but but didn't play for Chelsea at all. Um, yeah, it's 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 really a tale of of, of Laporte not scoring and Stone scoring and two lads scoring very little to finish thirty four thirty. Yeah, very much so. Those those last. are the breaks of close fancy. Cl- yeah, those are the breaks of close fancy game weeks, isn't it? That I I had I had Laporte myself too, and a couple of those he- headers should have. It's so tight when you're watching the games. It's worse. You see every single missed stroke that could have done something for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, that's that's fantasy football. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Even Zinchenko getting the game. What's Walker's story? Uh, it seems like he was rested because. He was, he's been playing regularly, and he is starting for Pep whenever he feels like he's been there. But it was strange to not see him in because he was rested at the weekend too. I wonder does he have a flag at all if he's if he's injured or, or marked up that kind of way. I'm looking at him here. N- knock. Yeah. Just a knock. Yeah, Just no late fitness tests. Yeah. 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 So um, that's how we got on. I'll bring you down through the standings and how that week had its impact uh, so Steve Lines is the real winner this weekend and Paddy probably Steve shoots to the top he's on 40 points I'm behind him on 37 uh, Steve Meiselbach yeah. and Connell also lost on 35-34 behind John climbing up the table gets level with Connell in 5th the lads on the on the 11 wins behind them as well like it's it's so it says every week it's fierce tight at the top huh there's like three lads yeah. on 11 wins or from from three to seven four lads yeah yeah it's Robin Earth's tight um and then if I keep going Paddy is in eight on 30 points he'll be pleased with his win over me Cahill and Mitch are tied on 27 uh it's, it's, it, act, it actually oh no 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 sorry that's ninth and tenth uh mark classy in 11th on 24 tig you're out of 13th into 12 on 22 Ooh. points you're pleased with that oh god yeah uh connor yeah tied with you at 22 thomas is on 18 points six wins Owen Dillon, 13 points. Andy Harrington, 12. Ray gets off the bottom of the table with 7 points now, 2 wins and a draw. Gary Fowley drops to 18th with just the 2 wins. So a big big change up in the, the standings this, this week, I, I, I think. It's, uh, it, it, it's tight enough that one week really mixes it up. I, I agree. It's, it is interesting to see how that is. We, we can, we can talk about how tight it is throughout the league and the different machinations of mid-table battles versus top, but really it's just gotta be, it's, it's gotta be all, it's all applause to Ray Foley for getting off the bottom of the table. Like it's huge, huge to see. 
Uh, I mean, like every other fixture is pointless after after Ray Foley <laughs> gotten his win. Uh, delighted for it to be <laughs> over Connell uh, that season there in 34, losing to both the Leitrim men, the only man to have achieved that. So fair play to him on that. A rare feat. Mm-hmm. Rare he's, feat he's a charitable indeed. man. He likes to give back to the smaller counties, you know. Um, yeah, I'd like to finish this segment just on a little bit more abuse to Steve. I mean, like he was whinging like a yeah, having yeah. Lost to having no. lost to Connell, but he only got twenty-seven fucking points. What did he expect? It's the kind of week that really brings uh, the a bit of salt back to that screenshot of himself being top of the league, being submitted into the the group chat. That that's the kind of thing you deserve for that kind of just uh, outrageous uh, consideration. Twenty eight points in a week. I mean, you can be affected by postponements, but the abuse it has to be leveled at people, especially when they're not here to defend themselves. That's the best time. Absolutely, I'll uh, I won't say anything like this on next week's pod. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tiger, will we go take a look at uh, the Premier League's fixtures? Why don't we? Before we look at the weekend's fixtures, we're going to take two messages from the listeners. Uh, we have uh, a recording sent in from one of our, our fans, and, and I believe, Tiger, you received a message from uh, a secret admirer of the of the show. Yeah, it appears to be a secret admirer, but it's actually not that secret. It, it happens to be from... The host of the show, uh, Stephen Meisbach, and I believe uh, for everyone's ears and for general assistant to the host, sorry, and for everyone's ears in general, I think I'll refrain from using my absolutely terrible Dublin accent that I started the show off with because it won't work well. (laughs) Please use the accent, come on. Um, No, no, let's not, (laughs) let's not. Uh, Okay, so here we go. Dear listeners... By now I'm sure Owen has broken the news to you that I'm unfortunately not able to record the latest episode of the FPL Jingle. Please know that it is with a heavy heart that I have made this decision. I profusely and wholeheartedly apologise for this and humbly ask for your forgiveness. I know that many of you have come to rely on me for my encyclopedic knowledge of the game and brilliant fantasy advice, something which my co-host is unable to provide. The FPL Jingle podcast is something I take pride in, unlike my co-host. And putting the smiles on all of our listeners' faces is sometimes the only thing that keeps me going some days. I would personally like to take a moment to applaud Carl Conley for his victory this midweek, who managed to score the second highest despite the outbreak of COVID. A testament to his managerial skill, I'll admit. This is a sobering defeat and has left me with a lot of soul-searching to do as me and my team pursue our second playoff berth. Rest assured, I will bounce back and come to the next podcast. I'll be rip-roaring and ready to go to bring you the content that you all deserve. With everything going on in the world, all I ask is that the listeners stay safe and look after themselves and their loved ones. Except Mark Gary. Fuck that guy. This is not a farewell goodbye, but more of a see you soon. Signed, Stephen. In many ways, touching. In other ways, what a cunt. What a cunt. That guy. Yeah, so what my first thoughts are that it reminded yeah. me of like a reading you'd get in, you'd get in mass, you know, and you'd get a... Uh, a letter from St. Steve to the to the FPL managers or something like that. Where, you know, <laughs> a reading from St. Paul, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, if you're going to miss out in the pod and then try to, you know, anticipate the abuse you're going to get and try throw it back, but in the form of a message, I just have no respect for this guy, you know? 
Oh, how could conversation. you? And I mean, assistant to the assistant to the podcast host, and he comes in and he's saying, "Oh God, you know, oh, he's very sad to miss it, and he takes great pride." Uh, oh, I think you need to remind the listener where where exactly is Meiselback right now. Stephen Meiselback is inside in the pub, supping pints with 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 with, with he's tag supping, rugby players. He's Not supping even pints. Rugby. He's supping pints. Ah, he's he's supping pints. I mean, and I have to say, with Ireland, uh, you'll know it's absolutely wonderful you're coming home for Christmas, but we're going into a lockdown soon. And I mean, I would applaud the relevance of getting pints in while we can. But still, what uh, this guy? The the odd. I think the only word is the audacity. The audacity, sir. And the same fellow wouldn't wouldn't drink soup, as he wouldn't. No, sure. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I, you know he's obviously a big fan, so you know I'll, I'll sign a jersey for him or something, and he can he can have that for for his sending in his message for play. Yeah, it uh, should come. For, it should come for him for trying for trying to get involved. It's nice to see. You know, yeah, it, yeah it'd be, it's a nice little present. That's it. That's it. Uh, I'm going to play a second message. We've, uh, one of our regular listeners, Finbar, has sent uh, a question for, for the host. So I'm going to try play it through my phone. Hopefully it sounds okay. Howdy, guys. Uh, question for Owen today on the podcast. Um, with uh, Ralph uh, installed as interim manager at United, who would Owen like to see uh, get the permanent job? That is, of course, that if uh, Ralph doesn't uh, go on a run win a spate of matches and we have uh, Scholes and Giggsy calling for the management to you know give him the contract let him put whatever number he wants down thanks again thanks Finber, for your question and yeah, tough yeah and uh, an interesting one uh, personally who I'd like to see take the role would be Sam Allardyce because um, I just love to see you know a, a strong <laughs> character like that uh, prevent a team from getting relegated keep him in the league a small club like Manchester United but uh, if I was to think about the best man for the job I'd be oof. you know when you look at the, man- the managers who've recently taken over clubs and you've seen the great job that Gerrard has done but obviously he can't go to Man United um I think Conte would have been the man. Although, you know, like Man United centre-backs are so bad that the solution to their problem isn't playing more centre-backs. But it would have been interesting to see what he could have done. Maybe he would have gone with a back four had he got there. Um, but yeah, that, that, Sam, as, as, as the person I want, Conte, you know, Sam from the heart, Conte from the brain. But, uh, uh, Man United yeah, fan I, in Tig now might give a better, a better answer. Well, uh, you'd think I would give a better answer, but I actually more or less agree with the point of Conte. I mean, he was right there to be had, and United essentially were too prideful until it went even worse. We can't go back in the next direction of a player like like we have with Ole. As Ole stabilised everything, and he brought a bit of feel good, but he really didn't have the tactical news in the end. Uh, I'm, I ha- I'll be honest and upfront about it. I don't have enough of a considered opinion of the managers that are at the next level ready to come through that were, say, Tuchel or Klopp were when they were on their stars in Germany but what seemed to be the name slowed around is Ten Hag from Ajax might be good but myself personally I think I think I'd like to see one of uh, one of Luis Enrique or or, or, or Valverde the ex-Barca bosses I believe Enrique has been mentioned a good bit and he brought an, a very interesting amount of pace and, and directness to the Barca team when he had he had to transform from the messy era of more precise passing they got a little bit more direct at that time now obviously Barca at that time very different club compared to 
United right now they had a lot better squad they could bring in much better players and then he had the MSN trio but I think in I think Enrique is worth that's worth a shot uh, of the, of the next stage o- otherwise just keep Ragnick I mean maybe he'll be good yeah it'll be interesting to see how Ralph goes I mean the problem with Man United obviously is that there's basically no holding midfielders and that the defense isn't spectacular but then there's all stars up front uh, it'd be interesting to see what what manager can get the best from them, and and I think Ralph has already done a good job in in just you know starting Sancho uh, regularly and uh, you know like letting Ronaldo do his thing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, oh, I, I I'd be on the back of that where our, we're just so bad in midfield. Like Fred has somehow started playing like a functional person as soon as Ragnick arrives, but he's still absolutely shite. Like the man is the definition of a headless chicken and he's a Brazil international. I, I just cannot understand how he does the things he does in a football pitch. What you know you need is a good center defensive linking player in, in the Matic being eight years younger style. Just, uh, Partey would have been a great one with from Arsenal last summer. I just, I just don't get it. It's, it's a hard problem to fix. Yeah, yeah, a lot of teams struggling with, with that. Even Chelsea at the moment, when, when the Kante and, and Jorginho and Kovacic were all injured, um, it, it, the team falls apart. So we, we, we've seen that over the last three or four game weeks. But uh, yeah, thank you, Finber, for a, a good question that uh, brought about some great debate. Um, and fuck you to the host who brought in that simpering, whimpering message. I mean, come on, just just stand up to the fact you're not here. We love to see it, but we hate to see it. Shows we've a, a wide range of IQ in the listeners. But, uh, yeah, uh, will, will we will we move on to the the Premier Premier League fixtures as we had promised? Let's get the results from game week seventeen in the Premier League. Uh, Brentford versus Man United was postponed. Villa beat Norwich two nil. Man City destroyed Leeds seven nil. Wolves beat Brighton one nil. Burnley and Watford was also postponed. Crystal Palace and Southampton had a 2-all draw. Arsenal beat West Ham 2-0. Uh, Leicester Spurs was also postponed. Chelsea and Everton drew 1-1. And Liverpool beat Newcastle 3-1. So uh, the first game I thought was of interest here, fantasy-wise definitely, was Villa versus Norwich. Um, Norwich under Dean Smith maybe looking a touch more solid, maybe looking like a team that... Well, probably will go down, but looking like a team that'll play some football between now and then. And Villa being very interesting fantasy-wise, because basically we know there's a few pieces there worth picking up. We just don't know what order they go in or who's definitely going to stay in the team. So, um, I don't know, Ty, if you any, had you any notes from this game that you wanted to touch on? Well, a couple. I, I really did feel bad for Dean Smith going back into Villa because I, I just can't understand letting him go. I, it's, it's, it may prove prescient because Dean Smith with this Norwich team, he has made, as you said, made them look a little more solid, but I, I, he's not keeping them up. Nothing but a miracle is keeping that Norwich team up. They, they simply, I, I can't imagine what could happen to keep them in the league. They're just, they're bouncing between Premier League and Championship at, at will every single season. Um, but I, I agree with you that Aston Villa for sure have some things we need to look at from a fantasy perspective here. I'll, I'll let you lead it first as the guest host here. I mean, I'll let you have the first say on things, but what are you looking at with Villa? What are you most interested about with them? So uh, at the moment, it's kind of a front three of Watkins, Young and Buendia in the front, but I, I don't see Ashley. I can't understand Ashley Young holding down a spot in a front three of any decent Premier League side. So I have McGinn myself 
but maybe Jacob Ramsey is a bit, a bit better of an option. He's getting more returns and he's playing a little further forward. So considering fancy assets that Aston Villa have to pick up, I mean, a lot of players and teams probably already have Ollie Watkins, Danny Ings, and Buendia. They're the they're kind of they're going to be in people's teams at this point if 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 people have been paying any attention and because they've been good and just been injured. Danny Ings is a one that may or may not be good, but I think the top targets you're probably looking at there. You're right, Ashley Young. He can't stay in that team. Jared probably only has him there because he has a Premier League medal and Jared doesn't. So he's like, oh, go out there, Ashley. You're fine. Uh, but I I think you're looking at. Jay Jacob Ramsey looked great during the Norwich fixture, uh, often playing all over the pitch. And someone I nearly don't even want to give away myself because of the waiver wire being so elite in, in our group. But I think Leon Bailey is just bound to come very good when he's back in that team. He looked good under Dean Smith and they were pretty hapless. If I, I can't imagine what Gerrard is going to do with him. He, he, he looks brilliant when he's playing football as long as he's not injured. He's surely knocking Ashley Young out of that side. Uh, yeah, nice to see Danny Ings remain on the bench, uh, giving Ollie Watkins all the important minutes. Uh, Kearney Chukwuemka, I'm, I'm not gonna try pronounce that right, uh, seems to do stuff whenever he does come off the bench, <laughs> but unlikely if he gets to start. Uh, I've already put in a waiver for a cash, uh, who I want. I, I want a Villa defender. I said I'd do it last week and I didn't, like a fool. I picked up Christensen, uh, last the week over it really. So I am yeah, getting myself a, a Villa defender this weekend, or, or yeah, yeah, this weekend. Um, I really like that you've moved to the Netherlands and you still can't pronounce a hard name. You just absolutely abandoned the even the attempts. That was pretty great. <laughs> uh, a, a Villa defender is a good person to go for. I agree. Uh, they they do look good. They I would say I'll do a throwaway comment to one of the other games this week. Uh, midweek was uh, Wolves Brighton, obviously. Wolves also are a similar caliber of defense at the moment. They had an amazing performance against City. It's so unfortunate they lost 1-0. Jimenez being a fool. But I think they're kind of similar pace right now with the defending side of things as Villa. If you're, if you can't pick up a Villa defender in your thing, I'd have a gander at Wolves. Yeah, uh, Wolves playing Chelsea at the weekend. But, uh, given that there's only five fixtures, maybe it's one of the better options to try and pick up, especially with Chelsea stuttering up top. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely a forecasting thing. You, if you don't, if they don't come good against Chelsea this week, because Chelsea are stuttering and they might come out good because they only lost to City because of that penalty. There wasn't any other real chance. Um, apart from that, you know, they're, they've got a great little run of mini fixtures. They don't play, they play a lot of the bottom half of the table over the next five, ten, six games, I believe. Before I move on to the Arsenal-West Ham game, I'm going to apologise for Stephen Meiselbach's call on that Brighton clean sheet. I don't know what was wrong with him. Maybe it's part of the reason he's not podcasting today. It was sabotage. Clean sabotage. He knew he wasn't coming back for this week, and he was like, I'm going to make the listeners angry and get them to take it out on Owen and whoever's guesting. <laughs> so, yeah, Arsenal got a 2-0 over West Ham. Uh, Martinelli and uh, Smith Rowe with the goals. Uh, Smith Rowe coming off the bench. Um, yeah, so yeah, Soufal then, of course, got the red card, um, which probably paved the way for this to be a nicer win for Arsenal. But a statement win in, in, in a few ways for Arsenal, because, you know, obviously having lost to Everton, you kind of wondered for a moment, maybe, maybe they're still shite. But, uh, yeah, they'll be, they'll be hopefully now trying to make themselves look like the best of the rest after, after beating West Ham, who really were. 
I, I agree fully with that. I mean, West Ham have been a great team this season. They've been extremely solid as a, and, and, and a really difficult to play against. It's a real statement of Arsenal's form at the moment. You know, they came into this game and people would have, maybe even last week on the podcast, you probably wouldn't have been thinking of picking up either Arsenal or West Ham defenders for clean sheets because you're like, they're both very well matched and you don't know who's going to win on an occasion like that. But Arsenal, I know the red card definitely helped them get through. It made West Ham pretty porous, but they look brilliant. They really did. Uh, uh, Smith Rowe is surely taken in every way for wire at this point in, in, in fantasy it drafts if if he's available in your league you should pick him up as soon as you can because he has been in great form Mark Gary dropping him hilarious one of the worst moves of the season apart from myself but we won't talk about my one <laughs> um I, I do think Martinelli is a wonderful option he's gone off my waiver but I I, I think you you might be pondering it yourself Owen might you yeah so I'm I, I'm thinking about an Arsenal midfielder so I have do you know who I'm thinking of dropping is Kai Havertz I'll touch on my own team later but the, the options in uh, the Arsenal team for me would be Martinelli or Odegaard um, who I like to look at both of even I'm not sure if Lacazette is still available but with Aubameyang you know basically quitting uh, Lacazette is becoming an he's even out. more attractive option uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's probably going to be Pepe, cap- he's yeah. probably going to be captain at this point yeah like I said, his captain, I believe, at the moment. So, uh, yeah, certainly, yeah. and and even the Arsenal defense is looking semi-solid. So you know, there's 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 options knocking around there. And uh, yeah, interesting Arsenal that we're praising side. Arsenal on the episode where the Arsenal fan is not here. We should stop doing that. Let's let's move on. They're, we're giving them too much praise. They're too good at the moment. Push. Let's go. Next. Next. <laughs> Lego. Le so yeah, the final game we wanted to touch on was uh, my team Chelsea losing. <laughs> I was going to say losing one one to Everton. It was a draw, uh, despite <laughs> it feeling like it's uh, a loss. It's a, it's it's a loss. Let's let's be clear about that. Yeah, it's uh, it was an absolute disaster. I mean, Mason Mount getting the goal on a Reese James assist is nice, but like you know, I think any game where Jared Brantwaite gets an assist from Anthony Gordon against you in an Everton team that I didn't know half of uh, is just an absolute fucking disaster and uh, Chelsea's injuries are obviously problematic but I didn't expect two three players getting out of this team to send them spiraling as they have um if if I was to look at this lineup and kind of try make sense of what happened you've laughed his cheek who came off in the 65th also struggling with an injury after this game Arginio still has a back injury so there's no there's no midfield basically is the sum of the story Alonso on the left just isn't doing you've picked out you've picked out the two midfielder lads that you, you know Kovacic and Jorginho one passing metric one energy Kante is the only loss that matters in that Chelsea team he completely makes it so stable he cleans up defenders behind him and makes them look better and he makes linking up to the midfield to push forward even easier I he it is unreal to see the impact that it can make because uh, that defense is in a shambles now what, what what exactly do you think it is do you think it's just that the lack of I know Alonso you're probably going to say he has been absolutely dog shit that's fair uh, well, what do I think personally? Um, I, it's it's really in in the midfield. I mean, like Alonso's not fantastic, but Chilwell wasn't the holding the defensive lineup together. I think he's helps out in the attack, and when you're attacking, obviously you're not defending. But Kovacic and Kante being out, is, and like Jorginho being injured and but playing on, is completely ruining Chelsea. Like the they're count there's no midfield you know the other teams just breeze past the midfield and they're you know like countering against Chelsea just looks so easy at the moment um and it's just in disarray there's no comfort there's passes going astray um 
it's good to see Mount looking good it's anyway. A- he looks looks good whenever he plays. But uh, I'm still still waiting for Chelsea to steady the ship. It's in stark contrast to the start of the year. You could see the difference in the team. Like We would have all been predicting them to go very far in this title race, but they're really wobbling now at a Christmas period, and that's essential in a, in a title race. You have to really keep together through these fixtures. And Like you said, Everton, they were they did well, but they they were not good enough to beat that Chelsea team. And for Chelsea to not execute properly, it's it's just poor on, on behalf of the midfield organisation. They have a midfield that's like Man United at the moment when we're at our worst. It's, it's, it's bizarre to see them being so good. It must be so frustrating for every single Lukaku owner because with Mount back the tandem that they two them two could form together would be elite if they could have it together as a platform in midfield behind them it's I don't know how frustrated Lukaku owners must be yeah it's it's very tough I mean like you know the four Chelsea just don't score but the forwards aren't a lot of them just aren't goal scorers uh, Lukaku is asked to do a kind of a link up play job up there uh, which is fine when he was able to give it to Chilwell and Reese James but with the, the midfield out of sorts and, and Chilwell being injured and Lukaku also being injured, you know, the Chelsea assets just don't look good. I've mentioned myself, I'm thinking of dropping Havertz. Uh, I think I'd be absolutely right to at this stage. I think, look. I think that's a very fair move. The, the only thing about dropping Havertz is he's not been informed, but there's, I don't know about your midfield space, but there's very little available when you go look. And I have that problem myself with Trossard at the moment. It's, you know, he's one of the best of the rest of the, the bottom tier of things you're trying to draft in. It's, it's a case of, well, if I'm dropping this player, what's going to be better than him? You said Martinelli's available in yours. So I think that's a move you've got to make fast and hope nobody pays attention to the podcast until you do it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's already he's already on my waiver wire, but also maybe one of those Aston <laughs> Villa boys we just spoke about too. So, yeah, mm. you, you have to be a wise man when you're looking in the midfield section. Uh, will we move on to the weekend's fixtures, Dyke? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get into it. On to game week 18, which is a European fixture in our Fantrax League, so keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'll run us down through the fixtures. Man United versus Brighton has been postponed, five games postponed. Villa will host Burnley. Southampton and Brentford is postponed. Watford Palace and West Ham versus Norwich are another two games postponed. Leeds versus Arsenal is the last game on Saturday. And then on Sunday, we have Everton and Leicester postponed. City will take on Newcastle, Chelsea versus Wolves, and Spurs host Liverpool. So we have five games to get our teeth into. Uh, the first five, five uh, games to break down, five games suspended. Huh? It's 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 like it's, it's Squid Games. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like a. But um, will they even go ahead, Tyke? Like with like, lots of cases at Chelsea and Spurs, should they be played? I mean. It's it's a real it's it's something that you have to ask as an ethical question from when you're watching the football like is uh, the British government in general seems to have been kind of haphazard same as the Irish government and how they've planned and advanced things but when you look at the teams it, if if players themselves there's only what is it an effect of like 40% vaccination amongst Premier League footballers and when you see the size of the crowds of people that are going to games like they're full stadiums there's minimum 20,000 people at at every game it's 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 interesting that they're going ahead at all and they're just choosing to postpone. I think you'd think that Thomas Frank, the Brentford manager, in his press conference suggesting a circuit breaker of just suspending a full weekend of games and letting everybody settle. That just seems to be the sensible thing to do. That As a fantasy player, we're obviously hating that idea because a weekend without it is just so dreary. But 
it 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 seems like it really realistically shouldn't even be going ahead. Yeah, I, I think any anything short of suspending the league for two weeks is just ridiculous. Um, but I, I I understand they can't because of the TV deals they've they've uh, they've signed up for and and are struggling to meet. So uh, at least it leaves us with five fixtures to have a look at this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, let's get back to talking about fantasy. Who needs to talk about the political and moral side of it? Woo, points. I think um, two teams that will have available players that we've already touched on are Villa, who are taking on Burnley, and Arsenal, who are taking on Leeds. So, uh, yeah, Villa midfielders and forwards worth picking up. Uh, have you eyed anything up yourself, Tig? Oh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a tricky little week for me because I've been thinking about it for a bit. I have, I was mentioning him on the previous segments. I'm a, I'm proud Leandro Trossard owner because I consider him to be the best of the rest down, down the bottom half of midfielders. When you watch him play for Brighton, he is a forward and he always looks so lively when you watch the games. But it's, I think I nearly have to get rid of him at this point and start looking for somebody with Villa. Jacob Ramsey is, looking like a nice option to go for uh, I'd be disappointed at my league that Gabriel Martinelli was already picked up away Every all the Arsenal assets are gone in mind so they if you can get into them you've got to get in there because Arsenal look brilliant no team this year has been affected by one single injury more than Leeds and Calvin Phillips being out the, the lack of his pivot in that team has made them severely underachieve on their talent now compared to how well they overachieved last week it's uh, you got, if you can get an Arsenal player you need to get in there yeah absolutely I mentioned myself I was looking at Ramsey you were even you even talked about Leon Bailey coming back from injury but I'm not sure about that one uh, yeah you're, we're, we're touching yeah. on the Arsenal Leeds game too uh, Leeds are so riddled with injuries and Covid that um, you might even fancy Arsenal for the clean sheet have you uh, have you anyone picked up for, out of that defence I'm hoping for a clean sheet out of that, to be fair. I have a Gabriel myself, um, Magal Hayes or something like that. I think he's Brazilian or Portuguese second name, but Gabriel, I have him in my defence. He's, he's been so solid for Arsenal through their recent run of form. Um, he's, he's really been very good. This could be a thumping for Arsenal with the form they're in. And Leeds after the 7-0, it's pretty much 50-50. Can Bielsa get a reaction out of the Leeds players after losing so badly to City and they'll want a bit of fight against an Arsenal team that well, in, historically speaking, Arsenal have always been a vulnerable team to be flipped over like that. Or will they be so deflated that Arsenal can run out and just rack up a cricket score? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And and, and uh, after the win over West Ham, Arsenal will be keen to build on it uh, on a Leeds who are really out I, of I form. Would, I, very much. I would touch it back. I know I moved this on to Arsenal, but for Villa Burnley, I agree that I think Villa defenders are a really great thing to look out for in this current week because there's not many places you can pick up points in Burnley just don't look creative at any point this season if Maxwell Cornet is not playing who is a player you should kind of watch out for he's 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 been very talented and he's returned points in almost every game that he's played for Leeds so far but he's been serious injuries been faced all season he's their only live, live wire when he plays he's scheduled to be back this weekend that might be someone to keep an eye out in that game interesting but yeah, you mentioned this this week you just pick up anything you can get. Uh, it might even be worth picking up one of those deeper midfielders at City against Newcastle. Uh, what's tougher to predict mm-hmm. then is 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 the Wolves Wolves Chelsea game is is all over the place for me. I would anticipate Liverpool doing a job on Tottenham, although the clean sheet might be hard to come by. Um, would you be picking anyone up in that Wolves Chelsea game? It's it's very difficult to predict. <sighs> 
It's very hard to predict. I, I'd be leaning... You know, Chelsea are brilliant. I've got Mount myself as an owner and, and he's been really brilliant in the last... He's scored four in a row now. He's he's looking like he's in top form. But if I was looking to pick people up here, I'd actually probably be looking at picking up Wolves defenders myself. Uh, they, they've just been really doing really well the last month. The way they play, they haven't gotten all the results they wanted, but that game against City uh, was immaculate defending. It was only one penalty that they gave away that was arguably pretty a, a little soft. They... They they look brilliant, and if Chelsea are stuttering the way that they have been the last while, I can see that the Wolves' defense doing brilliant, doing something there. That Sice and Cody have been someone I've been thinking about for a good while now, and I don't know which one to pick up. But I think in, if not this week, I'd definitely be looking at getting a Wolves defender in soon. Uh, yeah, something I can't argue with. I um, like Chelsea's attack is you know despite having all these all stars on it, that they just they just don't score goals. You know? Um, and, and, and this is as bad as it's been with, with all the injuries and COVID. So, um, if there was ever a chance for an informed Wolves to keep a clean sheet against Chelsea, it is, it is this weekend. So, um, I think, I think that's yeah, good. I'd, I'd agree. They're a good asset to be picking up too. They've got some favorable pictures in the next few weeks. Uh, I, as you said yourself, you're thinking of dropping Christensen. I'm, I'm along those lines myself at this point too, maybe. Makes sense. Yeah, um, that moves us along to our team for the weekend ahead. Game week 18 in the Fantrax League has the following fixtures. I'm going to be taking on Ray and hopefully an easy win. Uh, Cahill and Porrick will duel. Mitchell, Barr and Connell will <laughs> take on in the, in the the Battle of the North. Mark Clahasy versus Thomas Ivory. <laughs> uh Mark Gary versus Andy Owen Dillon will take on Stephen Meiselbach, he'll be hoping for an easy win Paddy and John might be the fixture of the weekend, Tig you're taking on Steve Lines who's top of the table and Gary Fowley will, from the bottom of the table will take on Connor Skeen who's in 13th so um, one or two juicy fixtures how are you feeling about yours Tig? It's as you say it's juicy uh... <laughs> Going up against the top of the table is always tricky, and I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it now at a, t- at a time when I'm in a little bit more form. This is our we're coming back into the second half of the season now. This uh, this is where we start replaying fixtures. Uh, myself and Stephen opened the season against each other, and it was a, a f- only a four point win for Stephen at the time. Uh, really indicative of where my season was going to go. <laughs> I'm I'm happy with where I am. It's a, the derby of 190 can always be tricky. Steve has a good team. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players you really have to watch out for with him. He's been so consistent and he also has been lucky in the points that he's faced. He's been doing pretty well facing low scoring teams this season, which is a change from other years. But uh, I'm both confident and a little nervous. I think I'm down to about six, seven players at this point for the weekend ahead. So, I mean, we'll, ha- we'll have to see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, a bit of luck maybe in the low scores. So you, you, you might nab something off him. Um, yeah, you, yeah, but the, I've had the opposite case of luck this season. He's had very low scores. I've, I've, I've had, I think, the second highest score faced. I'm, I'm over seven hundred and something already. It's, it's been. That's where I'm nervous that the, he'll get another good low score from me because uh, it's just inevitable. That's realistic. Yeah, take us down through your team for the matchup there, Ty. Let's, let's get a feel for it. 
Yeah, well, I, um, I've got the city defence of Ederson and Laporte, which I feel happy with. It's always good to have them when they're in form. And I, I, Laporte is nailed on and Ederson's nailed on. Ederson is the only person that's always going to be in that city team unless he's injured or suspended. So I've got Ederson and, and Laporte. Then I've got Christensen, who's probably going to be on the way out. Not quite sure yet. Gabriel, Sir Gregion, who is, uh, we didn't mention in the last section, but Liverpool Spurs looking we don't know if that's going to be back at schedule to go ahead for now De Bruyne Mount uh, in midfield for me and then I have Corney and Raheem Sterling up top Corney is not officially back yet but the weak fixture is not gone for you know suspension I have no other subs and I have no other players I've got a couple of United boys I've got uh, Palace and Brighton players so that's where the rest of my team is uh, maybe a few moves will have to be made to, to get to get nine, ten, eleven players. Uh, yeah, uh, ni- nice to have that that city defense and 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 De Bruyne and Sterling. So you'll you'll be chancing your arm with Pep Roulette. Uh, usually you wouldn't be playing a Spurs defender against Spurs defender. Spurs defender against Liverpool is always a, a choice that you're almost suiciding yourself with. You're almost setting yourself up for minus points. But no, with this game week, it's I probably have to play him and hope he plays. But as you said, dropping players, I, I'm cursed with dropping players. If I do anything, it always screws me over in the back end. I just it makes me so nervous to think about dropping players because they always get robbed in the waiver so fast. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the trouble with a very active waiver wire, and depending on the league you're in. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough fixture for you ahead. Now, I think you're taking on the top of the table, and you've also lost a lot of players to COVID. So, um, it'll be interesting to see how you're. It's tricky. Speak, I'll, 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 I'll have to hope for the best and see how it plays out. Yourself, you're you're up against Ray Foley, who is suddenly bursting into form if we look the projected points for the weekend ahead that is in our in our website when you look at the fixtures has it scheduled it predicted 27 and a bit points for ray only 28 and a bit points for the commissioner here who needs to challenge up the top and needs me to get a win actually yeah i gotta appreciate the win and, and i'm hoping that ray will get a characteristically low score in uh in this week uh, uh but yeah, I, I'll be giving Allison the game against Spurs. It makes total sense. I have Christensen, who I might drop. I don't know if he's going to play a uh, Villa defender or maybe another Arsenal defender will come in. I have Gabriel like you do. Then I have Laporte Diaz, double city defense against Newcastle. Should be a good thing. Bernardo Silva and John McGinn will play for me in midfield. I'm thinking of dropping Kai Havertz because I'm just sick of the sight of him. Two goals and two assists for the season just isn't good enough for my third draft pick. Then I have Manny and Son who will play against each other in my forwards. I'm going to be dropping Josh King and Harry Maguire from my bench. Uh, I'll be leaving Ronaldo and Conor Gallagher and potentially Kai Havertz on the bench. But yeah, I'll be bringing in a new forward and defender. I'm just looking at Jimenez just because he's there. But I don't expect him to score against Chelsea. Uh, as mentioned, Davila are an Arsenal defender there for Harry Maguire who's not going to play. So... I should be able to get the 11. As a Chelsea fan, it's tough for you to hear this, but I think you have to get rid of both your Chelsea assets, man. If you want to keep competing off the top, I think you need to bite the bullet. And Christensen's not getting enough games. You can get a regular defender elsewhere. And I say, Havertz, as good as he is, he's just not been there for you. He, he, I think you have to jump ship at this point if you want to keep a bit of momentum up there. I mean, like, on... So, like, regardless of playing games or not, on form, Kai Havertz is not as good as a Martinelli or maybe not an Odegaard now, but like, you know, uh, 
someone who's yeah, realistically the, 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 if you're looking at it this way you should have you should have dropped like Smith Rowe three or four or five six weeks ago and gone for him instead of Havertz that would that would have instant payoff at this point in time yeah yeah exactly uh, so I don't know he's, he's close to my heart he's my third draft pick so <laughs> I don't know if I'll keep the faith we'll see how I feel later on tonight <laughs> um no, yeah. you'll just have to jump ship. You have to get off. I also like how much confidence we've been, we both placed on City getting a clean sheet against Newcastle. Whereas Newcastle just won me my game week by having a John Joe Selvey lovely finish from about 26 yards out. <laughs> they could easily get the same again from random piece, but I suppose City, you'd have to fail. Like, I mean, if you're not playing your City assets in this game, when do you play him? Like, what the fuck is John Joe Shelby? Like, he was never good at football, but then just does a madness every now and again. Gets a red, scores a scream. Every now and then. Yeah. He just scores a scream or every... It's like... It's like <laughs> it's going to be a cheap joke here, but it's like it's magic. Because <laughs> he looks like Voldemort. I never thought about that one. Yeah, chop the nose off. He is Voldemort. He who should not be named. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, he is, and he, sh- uh, John Joe Shelby is he who should not be played because he'll not score. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, Tig. Um, I think we're coming to a bit of a conclusion here. Uh, thanks for coming on. You've been you've been a, a joy. Uh, it's 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 been nice to be here, and really for the listener, it's been nice to have some actual insightful conversation about the football ahead instead of having to listen to drivel and nothing. Yeah, in fairness, now Steve really does hold us back on the pod. Uh, we're having meetings about yeah, that. Yeah, the, there's just <laughs> the backroom staff, is it? Are all plotting to have a coup and get rid of the assistant to the podcast host? Yeah, Steve Lyons is being groomed at the moment. <laughs> if you if you can't get one, Steve, there'll probably be another one that's just as good. Get an upgrade. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting weekend. Like the games might not even happen. Imagine that after we're doing the pod and all. But look, <laughs> uh, it'll be, I mean, it'll be that's a, that is a it's a it's a very real possibility. But it's also Boris Johnson's government, so it's definitely not happening. Don't don't you worry. We're getting football this weekend. The FA is pushing ahead. Well, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. But if you, the listener, want to get in touch with uh, myself, uh, Steve, or maybe even Tig, you can do so at the Discord, which is mentioned in the podcast description. You can get us on our Twitter, which is at the FPL Jingle. And you can also see the league itself. Uh, those three things will be in the podcast description. Uh, I'm going to sign out. Tig, I'll let you get the final word on this one. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been the FPL Jingle, everyone. Uh, have a good weekend and stay safe. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.